This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 19. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you care. Hey, and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese film Goodfellas one delicious minute at a time. My name is Ron Richards, and as always, I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. How you doing, Ron? I'm doing well. And you, Josh Flanagan? What's up, guy? 
<laughs> All right, minute 19 begins with the uh, continuous pan of the dinner table at the Bamboo Lounge as Henry explains that anybody who doesn't live like them are suckers. And uh, the minute ends with our good friend Frenchie explaining the intricacies of currency conversion between France and America. <laughs> uh, guys. <laughs> Callers. Uh, so, Let's talk about collars. Collars. So going back to the clothing beat, um, you see, we see here the camera pans up and we see at the head of the table is uh, Joe Pesci playing Tommy D, who we're going to talk about a little more uh, later on, and Ray Liotta. And, and you see uh, Robert De Niro there, although his back is to us. But uh, Joe Pesci and Ray Liotta are sporting the best shirts I've ever seen and I've been unable to find for 20 years now. I've is been looking and I cannot find them. Is there a name for this style? I do. I do not know. It is. It has vexed me. You know huh. what? Like Henry's shirt is crazy, but Tommy's shirt, the collar's almost connected. Yeah, the the collars come down to a point, to a vertical line that is parallel with the tie, and it hides the knot of the tie. And it is like, it, and and I'm sure they're custom made, or maybe you can find them in Brooklyn. If you know where we can find these shirts, email us at contactagoodfellowsminute.com and let me know because I will buy a pack of them. I want to go ahead and just back up on that one. That's yeah. just Ron. They're ugly, <laughs> ugly shirts. No, they are not. They're the glorious. The tie knot is the entire point of the tie. They are glorious. They are glorious. Look, look uh, Jimmy's not wearing that shirt. He's Irish. Well, so Henry's half Irish. Is that why his collar's half closed? I'm just saying. And full, full Irish. Italian Tommy's collar's completely closed? Hey, listen, listen, they're out for a night at the town of the Bamboo Lodge. They want to look their best. The bl- Listen, the black shirt with the white collar with the pink tie and the beige jacket, that's a stellar outfit. <laughs> <laughs> also, this is the first uh, spot of Henry Hill with the slick back hair. Yeah, he's kind of had it before. No, he didn't have it like this. This is the this is the out on the town, really greased up, pulled back. You know, like in back in the in the when they were hijacking the truck, it was a little more loose. You know, this is this is uh, this is out 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 for a night out. So. Let's just jump into the deep end and tell you that the fuck count for this minute is three, <laughs> uh, because we finally get a little bit of Joe Pesci dialogue, even though it's in the background. But it's some of my favorite Joe Pesci dialogue. It's because he's making fun of the other mobster playing the numbers. Yeah, so him and Frankie, and, uh, Car- him and Frankie Carbone are arguing over. Uh, Frankie Carbone's explaining, ah, I could never hit that number, and they're just he's been playing five twenty eight. It's not even close to four sixty nine, according to <laughs> Tommy. Uh, but Frankie Carbone's been playing that number for three years, so you know he's got to hit it eventually. <laughs> it shows it goes to show that even these guys are not immune to their schemes, right? Yeah. Like, I so, like how- Every time that somebody uh, responds to Frankie Carbone, they seem annoyed by him, which again <laughs> echoes like the real life. Nobody really liked him, <laughs> and, you're, and you're seeing that it goes throughout the whole thing. There's they're irritated with him lots of times. Uh, we're gonna get to what happens to him later, but I'm just it's not surprising based on that because <laughs> there was no reason. Like he was in the crew. Yeah, yeah, he's annoying. <laughs> Always he's, mumbling. He's been playing that number for years. That's all. Three years, Ron. Three years. <laughs> so uh, Henry is barely listening to that conversation as he keeps looking on his watch because he's waiting for the imminent arrival of someone. Can I, I just want to make one point before that guy, before that happens, where we're talking about that. I have decided that, uh, specifically based on this moment, uh, this minute, uh, that impatient smoking is a hallmark of monster film, uh, mobster film and television. Yes. It, you, he does it a couple times in this. You can see by the level at which they are smoking – Impatient, calmly. That's that will tell you everything about what's happening in this in the scene in a mobster movie. 
Yep. Uh, and he does it to wonderful effect here. Well, yeah, and also, yeah, yeah, Ray Liotta really. This is the this is our first instance of uh, him uh, nervously looking at his watch. A lot of waiting, a lot of things to happen, you know, and that 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 idea. Well, he's got he's been well, in it. That he's no, no, but it's watch. that it's that idea that that they're never actually in the moment. Have you noticed that that like at any given at any given time they're doing something, they're enjoying themselves, but they're always the wheels are always turning. Some scheme is happening. Something well, Henry is, had yeah. it's like having a smartphone. Yeah. Henry had like ten things going at any given time. Yeah, he was never. And he mentions that in the book how he's he was never able to relax even when he owned a restaurant because he had other schemes going that had his attention. He never yeah. was. He always had a lot of things he had to monitor, and yep. so he was always on the on the make. Yep. Yep. Um, but now it should we talk about? Like no, it doesn't sound like any fun. Do we want to talk about the man, the myth, the the legend, the the, the one of the best entrances in the entire movie? <laughs> as good old Frenchie comes in, comes into the joint. <laughs> Frenchie as played by played by the pride of Flushing Queens, the favorite son of Hofstra University, character actor Mike Starr, who is in everything. He's got over two hundred acting credits. Well, not. I mean, the fun fact for that is it's actually two hundred and four, <laughs> but uh, he he started acting professionally in nineteen seventy eight to present day still acting. So he's averaging. Five roles a year. Wow, that's a good that's, so for a, a good career for a character actor. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad at all. But I think I think we can all agree that what he does here in his time—that's the pinnacle. Of this his might life. be his high point, his absolute high this point. This is yeah. this this specifically this scene uh, makes me like it. every time I see him in anything. I'm like, oh, Frenchy. So so yeah. So so we get introduced to Frenchy, who uh, the the real name of Frenchy was Bobby McMahon, uh, Irishman. Who, uh, yeah, who uh, came from a wealthy Irish family, actually. He was born on Wanta, in Wantaw on Long Island. Um, and uh, he grew up, he went to, went to Hofstra, much like Mike Starr. So there you go. I wonder if that, what if that connection was ever made to Mike Starr. He was probably just method acting when he yeah, went exactly. Well, so he, he, went to, um, he went to Hofstra where he learned to speak French fluently. And from 1957 until his death in 1979, he worked as the night shift uh, cargo handling supervisor for Air France at JFK Airport. So uh, you got this guy working for 20 plus years uh, in, the, in the airport. Um, he actually inherited uh, a relationship with, with the mafia from his former boss, Thomas Lucchese. Um, who himself? I know that name. Yeah, who himself inherited uh, the the job, going all the way back to Lucky Luciano. So, huh. so, so this role of working at the airport and dealing with cargo and stuff like that was handed down generation to generation until it reached the hands of Frenchie, who they get, he got the nickname Frenchie because he worked for Air France and spoke French. <laughs> so what he would do was he would inform Henry and his crew, Jimmy, Jimmy in particular, uh, when something valuable was coming through, something worth stealing. And he would set up set up the deal, and yeah. let them let them get you know get in there and steal as much as he right. could. So and he and he'd always get a taste. He'd always get a he taste. Got the, he got a piece of the uh, of the uh, of the. Let's the talk action. about the security that one could get with a union job at this point. Yep. That you could do this over and over and keep your keep your job. Yep. That's amazing. Well, uh, we, and, and the we interesting talked about it a few minutes a few minutes ago or a few episodes ago, and that yeah. any time anyone was suspected of working with the mob, the, then they'd go to Paul, and Paul would go to the unions, and yeah. they would. Yeah. So their their job would be secure. I mean, a lot of times they, these guys, they tried to fire these guys, the, the companies, yeah. but they couldn't. Because well, the, you just imagine that as whatever manager you are, and that's 
that's what's happening. You can do nothing about it other than risk great bodily harm at yeah. the worst. <laughs> it's a well-oiled machine. It's like you know the yeah. guys in the mob, but you can't get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. I work but, with people like that now. <laughs> um, but uh, but what's interesting here is that uh, is that the real-life Frenchie was there's kind of a, a gap. Like he loved the lifestyle and the and, and he wanted to be a mobster, but he never quite fit in. Like the 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 Henry and and Jimmy looked down at him because they knew he came from money, and so there was kind of a you you had a uh, a a class warfare kind of gap between the two. Um, oh, he was an Irishman. He spoke French. Who wants that? Well, yeah, no, but he was Irishman, but he, but he also came, he wasn't like a working class Irishman. You know, he right, came from yeah. money. He went to school, like that sort of thing. And then um and then additionally, he he was just a loud, obnoxious guy. <laughs> No, well, but no, but comes Henry, Henry yeah. talks about him very, very yeah. nicely in the book. Yeah. He liked yeah. he liked hanging out with him because he was funny and told great stories, as opposed to uh, other guys who worked at the airport who they just did not want to be around. They liked hanging out with friends. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think that the one thing that you can see that Mike Starr does with his his role here is, and you're going to see this through this minute and the next, is that uh, he portrays a great deal of confidence. Yes. He's so confident about everything, and the other—he also really like, loves. He loves being in the situation. He loves oh yeah, he, he firing with these guys. He loves setting up this this heist. He loves everything and, about this. And this is totally their exciting. guy. Yeah, you know, just just being able to say, "No, no, I, I got this. I don't." But I think uh, a script editing thing that's happening here that's really nice is that um, we're thrown into it. Yeah, uh, they just start talking about it. They don't explain it. Uh, it's it's not, even when they do explain it, they don't explain it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's. That's a thing that doesn't happen a lot anymore. It's one of those things that they're trusting the audience to watch it, and they're you know they're just talking about bits, and it's all that thing, and the other guy, and, yeah, there's the guy, but don't worry, you know they they move through it all like that, and it's uh it's great, it's a great testament to the yeah, audience. Yeah, no, it's great. As soon as soon as so uh, going back to what you were talking about, the, the nervous smoking, Henry getting up from the table, mm-hmm. running to meet him, and he, he going, don't worry about it, it's all taken care of, I got it, and then the the transition of Henry giving Jimmy the hey come over here look. That and camera that, push. That, oh, the, yeah. that I have a note on that. That was a wonderful yep. push on, on Jimmy. And that's a tough thing to pull off. Yep. And make that work. And Jimmy also takes the drag on a cigarette as he gets up, you know? <laughs> well, I have another note about this sequence. He, Jimmy is very much like a shark in this scene. Yep. Yeah. He, he senses the meat, and he, he's there like a shot. And you can Doesn't see him kind of looking, looking at Frenchie like, What's what, going on? Yeah. What are you going to give me? What can I get yep. from you? How am I going to profit from this scenario? Like, it's all he cares about. And we know that. We've talked about him before. He just liked to steal. He liked to accumulate. He doesn't really care about Frenchie. He just wants to know, what is Frenchie going to give me this time? And that's, yep. he like, he's there like a shot. Yep. And he doesn't, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't talk. He doesn't direct. He listens. Yep. There's even a look in his eye like he's looking at this guy like a piece oh, of meat. Well, it, it, so he's in about the last. Jimmy, Jimmy, by the way, Jimmy's super happy. Yeah. yeah. Like, when, he, when, he, like, when he gets up to him, the smile on yeah. his face and the handshake, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, but it's not genuine. I don't, I don't get a genuine smile there. That's it's man. more like, what am I going to get out of this? Right. Yeah. Uh, so he's got about 10 seconds in the scene that he's doing something, and in that time, he throws down a shot, and he gets two side looks in. Yeah. <laughs> he's got two side looks. A lot of things you can keep track of you want to watch, but one of the highlights is the Jimmy Conway side look, and you get two of them. Yep. Hmm? Good stuff. So great, and I, and I and I I just love the the huddled, you know, like Henry's leaning in. Clearly, Henry is looking for Jimmy's approval in this. Mm-hmm. You know, like th- this is this is he. You know, Henry's been. You get the sense that Henry's been talking to Frenchie about something, and now it's at the point where they can bring Jimmy in to get the green light. You know, right. and you well, get the sense. Henry's still not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. 
He's still then, a super low he's, level. He's guy. still a kid. Yeah, he's a kid. And then for Frenchie, that's like Frenchie's like you're, you're going to take me to meet the next guy up. So yeah. I'm in too. Like, and they're all, yeah. and he's the most happy. Yeah. You know, he's he's the most thrilled. Yeah. And and Jimmy, the elder statesman, he's cool. He's laid back. Yeah. Just take it easy, champ. Um, and so in this, uh, Frenchie is explaining what will become uh, the Air France Hall, which is the heist that will make Henry in the eyes of the mafia. And, and we're going to tease. We're going to talk more about that in tomorrow's episode. Um, but uh, it, it is a uh, just the, the enthusiasm that Frenchie has talking about the scenario, about what they're going to do. He's explaining you know, that there's going to be bags of money coming in from, from, from France. And you get the sense that here's an opportunity and we need to act. Bigs. Yeah. <laughs> bags, bigs. So, uh, so with that said, we'll we'll tease it for tomorrow. Do you guys have anything else on minute number nineteen? I'm good. Like all right, cool. So that's gonna wrap it up. Tune in tomorrow to find out what the Air France Hall is all about. You're gonna love it. Uh, until then, you can check us out on Twitter at Goodfellas Min and on Instagram and face- Facebook at Goodfellas Minute. And you can find everything, including links to all those sites, at GoodfellasMinute.com. Um, if you'd like to support the show, and we thank everybody who supported the show thus far, you're awesome, we love you, you can go to Patreon.com slash GFM, or you can go to GoodfellasMinute.com slash support to link over to our Patreon, or you can shop to uh, shop Amazon, buy a copy of the movie via our link. Uh, we thank everybody who's done that. Um, if you have any questions or want to tell us where I can get one of those collared shirts, you can email us at contact at goodfellasminute.com. I really want one of those shirts. Um, I, want, and- I want to see you wear that shirt. <laughs> so uh, until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Don't worry about it. I take care. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is up.